and welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast, the Kansas City Royals Podcast in association with Inside the Royals. I am Jake Milham, and he is back, folks. The original <laughs> duo is back. Lucas Murphy is on the podcast with me. Oh, did you hear that voice crack, man? I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, this is like the Batman and Robin, man. We're, we're finally teaming back up. We're getting back into it. This is going to be an exciting podcast episode. Yes, sir. I am. I'm absolutely pumped. Um, you know, it's just life, you know, life takes us away from from this stuff, because all in all, you know, sports ain't going to overtake life, in, in my opinion. And I, I know you you share that opinion as well. Uh, but, hey, you picked a pretty good episode to come <laughs> back on, man. Everything's gravy with the Royals right now. Yeah, the fans are excited. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about. And obviously the young guys are, are doing some good stuff. So, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to talk about all this. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But first, before we get started, please make sure to go check out the work on Inside the Royals. Um, I had a lot of different authors put out work the past few days. Um, I am regretting an, a piece I put out literally one week ago titled Royals should start thinking about a Brad Keller extension that did not <laughs> age well one bit but Jordan foot Trey Donovan Mark Van Sickle the whole gang over there is doing great work on inside the Royals so please go check them out um look Lucas we're recording right now during the Royals game they're starting the road trip out in Minneapolis 2-1 lead, bottom of the fifth, not too bad, not too bad um, performance by Bubich. He's getting, as I say that, he's getting roughed up right now, so that's not <laughs> great. Uh, maybe I should be quiet on Chris Bubich. But look, Lucas, looking at, looking at it since you were last on the podcast, how are you feeling about how the things have changed for the Royals, for the better, it seems? Man, I tell you, so I do have to say really quick, because you were just talking about your Brad Keller piece. When I very first started writing for Inside the Royals, uh, I wrote a piece on if Brady Singer is a bust. So, you know, <laughs> I think we both got one we can brush under the rug if fair, we can. Fair. But, but honestly, man, um, I, I'm super excited. And I think we've talked about this. And, and again, I, I don't want to keep beating the bag, but the, the, we're finally transitioning some of these like kind of stagnant veterans out. We've getting we're getting younger guys that you can say they're hungrier, which I do think is a very valid point. But I think you're also just seeing guys that have worked through the organization, built good relationships. They're teammates, but they're also friends. You're seeing a different kind of like 2014, 15 type vibe in the clubhouse, just a youthful vibe in the clubhouse. And that translates out onto the field. So like if a mistake happens, guys are picking each other up. If Nick Prado is hitting a walk-off home run. Like the celebrations to me are like tenfolds more than what they are. You know, we're seeing Salvi Splash being transitioned to these younger guys like Bobby Wood Jr. and like Vinny P and all those guys are doing the Salvi Splash. It's not really Salvador Perez anymore. So like a, a tradition is being handed down. So I think honestly, to me, the on-field play is now starting to like you're starting to see that, but I think also from a fan's perspective, like we're just seeing a culture shock, like what it, and what it should be, honestly. And I think that's going to really kind of build momentum and we're seeing that and we, you know, we're going to talk about it, but we're seeing that now. And I think that's really going to help fans kind of transition into next year. For sure. And touching on the clubhouse environment stuff, you know, back during the, the darker days of the 2022 <laughs> season, 
that was something that we were hearing a lot about is, hey, this clubhouse vibe is off. The the on the player leadership just isn't there right now. Um, and frankly, I kind of chalked it up to like, oh, well, you know, people are just looking for something to blame on the Royals struggling. Da, 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 da. But I, I mean, few guys leave and it seems like everything changes overnight. So maybe there was something there. Maybe there was a, a grain of truth. Um, I hope that maybe in the offseason we uh, we get some more tidbits, some more snippets on maybe what was going on. But Lucas, I mean, you're talking about looking to next season, man. Tonight's lineup against the Twins, I, I tweeted it out. It looks like a 2023 opening day lineup. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the you have Salvador Perez and then the next oldest guy in there is Nicky Lopez. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's at the top. MJ, Bobby Witt, Salvi, and Vinny. I'll take it. One through four. I love it. One hundred percent. Yeah. And my only my only question is, and I, I keep I saw this today too. You gotta you can't forget that Mondesi is going to be coming back. Yeah. And so we're at some point, and we know how this organization is with him. And obviously, he got a freak injury, but. I mean, we got to almost consider he's going to be plugged into the lineup at some point in some fashion. So uh, I'd be curious to see how, you know, if these guys continue to do what they're doing, where he gets inserted. Well, so let's let's kind of let's follow that rabbit trail a little bit more. So I I've really written off Monsey in my mind. Honestly, it's just and I don't know if it's just for 2023 or long term, but I, I remember seeing this kid in the world series and just like, man, like this, this is the future of Royals baseball. And it's just one thing after another. And I completely share fans frustration with them. But at the end of the day, some of this stuff he can't control. Yeah. Um, I really feel like there's been one or two injuries that have just been like, it's, it's just bad luck. Um, now there has been some truth to the fact that maybe he doesn't take his recovery as seriously. Um, and that's, but maybe that's just frustration. He's a young guy consistently had his baseball future derailed by things out of his control. I'd be frustrated too. Look at the end of the day, I hope that Mondesi, if he comes back at a hundred percent next season, I hope you see him in a little bit of a, of a Hunter Dozier role. If, if you will, mm-hmm. um, you know, no Dozier in the lineup tonight. But I have said in the past, Dozier's value comes from the fact that he has a lot of defensive versatility. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't name anyone right now on the active roster that can play left field, right field, first base and third base. I'm not saying at a even an average level, but he can still play there. <laughs> my only my only counter argument is Nate Eaton. So Nate Nate Eaton's kind of that Whit Merrifield like versatility type of guy. Like I know he can play the infield very, I mean, we're seeing the, the crazy gold glove type plays out in in right field. And, um, and so, yeah, I think he's very versatile and I mean, he could honestly maybe steal some time from Hunter Dozier if he continues to kind of show out. So, you know, that's, what's going to be super interesting is how they handle Dozier. Like he's a good veteran presence. I don't think he like really makes waves. He does what he's supposed to do. He just hasn't really performed to what his contract is. So maybe he could be a trade candidate possibly. I don't know. It's just going to be kind of weird. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much trade value he would have to other teams. Um, It'd probably be a, you know, a Carlos Santana. Yeah. 
instance, you know, the Royals are paying most of his salary. Just get him, just get him out. Yeah. And, you know, maybe onto a kid, onto a contender. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Do- Dozier doesn't seem like a bad guy, dude. I don't have anything nah. against him. Just he hasn't gotten it done. That's all it is. Yeah. I'd be all right with a verse like, a, you know, like, a, like what you said, like, just let him bounce around, play here and there. Um, you know, he's a right-handed bat and that sounds like something the Royals are looking to continue to have as we're getting, it's always, is it Brooke Rooker is what we're saying? Yes. Brent Rooker. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So they, they, when they made that trade, I remember them talking like, Hey, we really wanted him for the right-handed bat. So, I mean, there, that is some, something that Dozier can provide is that right-handed stick. That is very true. That is very true. But hey, while we're talking about him, we got to talk about this Brent Rooker debut, man. <laughs> it was, um, you know, wasn't lighting up the stat line or, or nothing like that. He had he had the double, he had an RBI, two hits. But all in all, it was a solid debut, um, especially mm-hmm. a guy who, you know, his calling card is he's he's all power, no contact. He's a he's an all or nothing guy, um, a bad like. I heard someone compare him to like he is the Suli Matias that never got into the Royal system before. Mm-hmm. And I I don't disagree with that, but I I think he looked pretty poised against a very good Dodgers team. Um, I think, you know, you could turn to him being on the bench, maybe kind of locking down one of these corner outfield spots. I don't know. Um, I like the fact that there's no like it's kind of cool. You never know who's going to start in in the outfield. We have so many versatile guys, but I wouldn't mind seeing more Brent Rooker. What do you think? Why do I get like a, a Mike Jacobs from the right side type of vibe from this guy? Like I, I just feel like at times he's going to connect a ball and put it on top of the hall of fame out there. <laughs> but then like, I feel like a lot of the time he's going to strike. I just, I don't know. That's kind of some of the stuff I've been I've been getting from him. But yeah, I th- I think you know that's going to be a a versatile option for him. Um, I think especially as they try to really get through, um, because I think man, I, I'm I'm kind of divided on when you're going to see Waters if you see him this yeah. year or if they really really wait and just let him really kind of build his his momentum and his I guess how he feels playing in the Royals organization and maybe just let him come up next year, but. I mean, that's another person you got to throw into the mix as well. So uh, I know they did say he can uh, he can play some first base. Um, so you might see him out there a little bit, too, to give Prado a break. But I don't see why you would do that, because mm-hmm. you want to get him some yeah, as much out there. I mean, the guy is known for his glove and we've really kind of struggled putting a first baseman out there since Eric Hosmer. So Prado should just keep going and going and going, in my opinion. But. Yeah, man, I think I'm excited to see uh, what he's capable of doing. And, and, you know, I mean, to get rid of Cam Gallagher, to get him, it really was kind of a wash in my opinion. So, yeah, yeah, it's I think it's a good deal. Oh, yeah, for sure. And um, I am touching on the Drew Waters thing. I am hoping to get Alex Duvall or Josh Kaiser of uh, Royals Farm Report um, on next week, not this week, but next week. And that was something I really wanted to touch on because Drew Waters is absolutely lighting it up for Omaha right now, defensively and offensively. Um, you know, I'd, I would promoted him over Rooker, but I can understand why they did because yeah. you have to let, you have to give the guy time to really get his feet under him in the Royal system, which has flipped things around for him so quickly for lack yeah. of better terms. 
Well, it sounded like to me, and this is just some of the things I heard, was that there was a lot of pressure on him playing in Atlanta since he kind of grew up in the area. Um, and I, I think, you know, changing up the scenery and maybe really just kind of a new environment, you almost kind of have to prove yourself. And I think anybody who's played competitively, like when you get to a new place or you got some new people to show out for, like you want to do the best you possibly can. And I think we're seeing that from Drew Waters. And uh, I tell you, I'm super pumped because I got him on my fantasy lineup. He's sitting down in the farm system. So keep doing what you're doing. Hell yeah. Like talking about change of scenery. What did it do for Andrew Benintendi, huh? Yeah. I mean, man, same thing. Got him on my fantasy. I had to put him on the bench. Man, yeah, he is, he is kind of having a tough time out there in New York right now. But there's a lot of – I mean, look at Joey Gallo. I mean, Joey Gallo was struggling mightily. I mean, that ballpark fit him – could not have fit him more perfectly. And, they, you know, they talked about it. There's so much pressure playing in New York, like being able to go out there daily and performing. And he was getting absolutely torched when the Royals were there. Just boos were raining down. And it got to the point where, like, you could almost just tell watching like he was going to get traded just because he needed out of there. So, man, it might start coming Benny's way because, you know, they gave up uh, not necessarily high picks or high prospects or anything. I mean, but man, they still gave up somebody and he, if he's not performing, they get it. Yeah. It's tough. And, um, you know, we're, we're both fans at, at the beginning of the, of the day. And I, I do have to say, man, it, it broke my heart to read how those New York Yankees fans made Joey Gallo feel. I, I understand the dude wasn't performing, but I mean, come on. Like he felt like he couldn't go out on the street for like feet, like for fear of his life. That's tough. Yeah. And you're telling me that you have to, that you're supposed to have pride in, in a city like that. You're supposed to go out and represent a city like that. That's, that's pretty tough. Um, and Hey, he's, he's doing better in Los Angeles. He's doing better. Yeah, he in could- he quickly grew out that facial hair, too. I don't know if you saw that yesterday yeah, or not, but that, that hair is coming back quick. <laughs> yeah, it is. Golly, man. That guy was had to have shaved twice a day. <laughs> yeah. I am yeah. I am so glad that the Royals don't have that rule. I think that is so freaking antiquated. Do you? Yeah, uh, I, I'm kind of torn. And the only reason is, is because I think the Yankees tradition should continue. But like I like, like you said, the Royals don't have that. But I think for like the the Yankees, just like traditionally, um, I think that's just something they've always done and instilled. And so, yeah, to rock the mustache. I mean, I remember it, when I was younger watching the Yankees going into postseason, they would always rock the postseason mustaches. And so I thought that was always cool. So, yeah, for me, only Yankees traditionally and that's it. But, yeah, if, if that wasn't a really a thing and they just started, I would probably be against it. Fair enough. Like I couldn't imagine beating Pasquantino without his little, a little yeah. rough on his chin here, you know? Yeah. I mean, every time Bobby Wood Jr. shaves the baby face, man, it throws me off because yeah. it's like, what is going on there? He, he really looks like a rookie then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, talking about baby faces, we got to talk about baby face Brady, Brady Singer. Yeah. Old boy man. has absolutely been on a tear without any facial hair. Huh? You see, see what I did there? I like it. I like yeah. it. Man, I tell you, that it's crazy. I, I, again, it's maybe it's mentality. 
maybe someone got lit a fire. I don't know, but to one hit the Dodgers, man, that was yeah. incredible. Exactly. And that was a that's a stacked lineup. And for so I don't think I really I'm trying to think. David Lesky on on his Substack. Uh great, great work over there. Go check him out. He really put it into perspective in the fact that the Dodgers have only lost six times since um, some point in early June. I don't want to say a date because I'm afraid I'm going to be wrong. But for a lack of like, they haven't lost 10 times in the past three months. No. And the Dodgers or in the Royals, frankly, dominated the Dodgers. Like it didn't it didn't look like it wasn't a close game at any point. Well, and I mean, if you look to Tyler Anderson, who most people, the average fan probably has no clue who he is, has one of the most incredible records and and really I think is having, you know, a a look at for Cy Young. Yeah. I mean, is he comes into Kaufman, a pitcher's park and the Royals, you know, beat him. And I think that that speaks to these young kids. I mean, it really does. Like, I don't care who's on the bump. We're going to go get them. And, uh, part of me wishes we could have seen Kershaw just to see how this young group would have would have kind of handled that, or even yeah. like Walker Bueller. But um, I know Bueller's having season-ending uh, uh, surgery, yeah. so that kind of stinks. But it yeah, it would have been nice to see them kind of go against some of them guys and really kind of because Vinny P, man, he's showing out. Nick Prado, like the mm-hmm. the confidence is there. So yeah, it would have been pretty cool, right? But hey, but so back to Brady real fast. I know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. We'll, we'll talk about the Dodgers a little, little bit more later on. But um, look, Brady's absolutely been on a tear since coming back from Omaha. But I didn't realize how good he's been since early July, even. Yeah. Um, you know, his since coming back from Omaha, things look pretty average. Little uh, 3.11 ERA, um, 16 starts, you know, pretty. I'm, I'm not saying like that's bad, especially considering this rotation, but I was like, Oh, okay. He's doing, he's doing pretty good. He's doing all right. But since July 8th, seven starts, pretty good sample size. 1.99 ERA with 49 strikeouts to 12 walks. I mean, that is just absolute poise and exactly what fans in this organization wanted from Brady Singer. What do you think, man? Yeah, man, I think for me, just watching him, because uh, I've watched, I would say, at least three of those starts. Um, the run on his fastball, to me, is a lot more sharp. Um, obviously, the slider is still very, very effective. But I think when you have that much run on a fastball, just as a – and especially at the speed that that's coming in, it's already hard enough to hit a major league fastball to have it run six to seven inches. I mean, it's just – it's incredible to see how much movement he's got on that fastball now. So um, I even think Rex, you know, talked about that extensively in one of his starts, how much more noticeable that is. So for me, um, that makes sense. And if that really has changed it, cause I still don't think he's throwing that change up as much as people oh. like. Um, but man, if he's dominating that way and just keeps doing what he's doing, he's, he's hitting, he's hitting his spots for sure. Like, there's been times where he just dots that black and you can tell Salvi's just right there. So I think he's been very incredible. And I think this is not only what he needs, but I think also this like rotation, because we know those guys all kind of hang out together. If they challenge each other, that's what kind of brings everybody along. And we're seeing a different Chris Bubich. 
Mm-hmm. Um, as of late, I mean, the, the first half, Chris Bubich, you could have been like, man, I, you're never going to see him in the major league rotation again. Yeah. As of late, you're kind of seeing like that back end piece. So, um, yeah, I think it's, it's really kind of helped out all, not only Singer, but the, the rotation. And I, I talked about this on the last podcast episode a little bit, you know, maybe, you know, what, what is Zach Granke bringing to this, to this staff? Because I've seen several shots of, you know, Brady and Zach Granke chilling together on the, on the rail, talking about the game, you know, just, just chatting it up. And so I'm, I'm really curious how much that tutelage is um, really playing a part into his resurgence. I'm really looking forward to seeing out how he closes out the year. I hope it's a strong close and wouldn't be surprised if we see maybe some contract talks with singer, maybe get him locked up a little bit longer. Um, I'm right. I don't have it in front of me. I'm blanking on what year of arbitration he's in. Um, but I think he very much warrants uh, a little bit of a pay bump. Cause this is what his, this, this is his third year. Yeah. Here I'm, I'm going to pull it up. So he fast. would be, he would be going into arbitration, I believe. Yeah, I think he would. I think he's at least an arbitration one. That'd be interesting, too. Yeah, because like and, and I, again, have this question because of kind of how the process we see Brady Singer's like baseball personality, like how he's very like just angry all the time and, yeah. and Nolan Ryan type of kind of vibe. But I kind of wonder, like, what he's like off because we've seen like a funnier side when he was with Wit and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm wondering, like, does he want to stay in Kansas City, like, with everything that's kind of gone on, or is he kind of got that Wit cancer type of like kind of trickling down to him, and maybe he's like, hey, I'm going to do my first couple whatever in here, and then I'm I'm going to somewhere else. Maybe so. So it'd be interesting. It, it would be. So to answer that question, he's arbitration eligible eligible in 2023. And then he's not going to be a free agent until 2026. Yeah. So there there's a few more years of control there with arbitration. But, you know, I think uh, I think a happy player is a paid pay, player, in my opinion. So yeah. we'll see. But hey, a lit. So we got a little bit of Royals news today on two quick hits. Number one, Vinny Pasquantino got named AL Player of the Week, not not AL Rookie of the Week, AL Player of the Week. Dude has absolutely been on a tear. Um, Lucas, you got one minute. What are your thoughts on Vinny P? Stud, complete stud, man. Absolutely. The the new country breakfast, man, for real. Like, but obviously a lot more fine-tuned with an average. Um, I think he's going to be very – like the ability that he has as a power hitter to like draw walks and just watch pitches at times blows my mind because, um, you know, most guys would get up there and just free swing and just take mean hacks. And I'm hoping that some of that kind of bleeds into like Nick Prado's swing. Maybe they work together or do something at some point because man, if Prado kind of had that same type of man, that would be incredible. Like, to have those two right there. Um, I think you're seeing some of Prado, but you know, it, it, they're getting up to the, to the majors, but Vinny P man, uh, I, I'm super excited to see him really kind of finish this year and go into, uh, into next year for sure. For sure. And Hey, just remember, he's only got 40. Well, th- tonight is game number 42 yeah. on, on his major league career. So still a lot more good things to come from Vinny P. He's already got a home run tonight. He's starting off the new week on a solid note. Um, unfortunately, one Royals player that is not going to have a solid week is reliever Amir Garrett, 
who received a three game suspension for um, an incident earlier this month, actually in Chicago. Um, but, you know, had, had to talk about that. Amir Garrett, he's, he's a real staple in this bullpen. You, I feel like I see him almost every single freaking night um, for good or for worse. <laughs> yeah. But um, our good friend Kevin O'Brien talked a little bit about the leadership and the energy that Amir Garrett brings to this bullpen and just this team in general. Uh, what, what do you think about that, Lucas? I'm a big fan of Amir Garrett. I was on the, as soon as that trade happened, I was ecstatic. I mean, you kind of need that nastiness in the bullpen. And we saw it 100% yesterday. Like when he struck guys out, he was basically like calling them out. And then the way he walked off the mound yesterday was incredible. Um, Obviously I don't know the full situation of him throwing a drink on a fan. Um, You know, I don't know what was said. I didn't really dive too much into it. I know he's, contested the the suspension but um yeah it, it's just that's the time i mean you're getting a fierce competitor man like you really are uh, again another person that likes to show their emotions on their sleeve we've seen him fight the entire pirates team i mean yeah that's just who he is him and javi javier baez go at it so uh i mean yeah you're that's just who you're getting i'm a big fan of amir garrett so fair enough well i i really hope that he is in um, a royals uniform for a little bit longer but um, yeah, we'll just, I mean, a, a three game suspension, that's not too bad in, in yeah. the grand scheme of things, especially looking at where the Royals are at this point. And hey, look, the homestand was really successful, seven and four um, overall. Can't complain about that. The Royals good teams. Playing. Yeah. And good teams. I So I am going to do a little bit of a deep dive into um the so Major League Baseball put out the new power rankings today. I was just and I was looking at the top five. and I was like, huh, the Royals have actually done really good against those top five teams. So I'm, I'm curious to see how yeah. um, how the Royals have been performing against those better teams, especially as of late. But yeah. just remember, man, they're playing 500 ball right now. OK, can't can't complain about that. I remember us talking about it and we thought that was a that was a long shot. Yeah, I mean. I, I, I honestly, I kind of, if, if I, if we knew that this was going to happen where they were going to start to get all these guys, which I do have a question for you, I got a little transition, but with getting all these young guys, if we knew like everything was going to kind of evolve this way, I think we kind of predicted a little bit, but if we really saw this, I think both of you and I would agree that we probably would have been about 500. I, at least me, because I just think like the culture shock, the change, like we've talked about, like that really just that, as a team, as a unit that completely changes things. And that, that really does kind of create, I mean, a perfect example is the Dodgers, mm-hmm. uh, the cohesion and, and the, the ability to go out there nightly and just know you're going to win ball games because who's to your left, to your right. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And I think you're starting to see that with the Royals. Like, Hey, I have faith when this guy comes out of the bullpen or I have faith if we're, if we give up two runs in the first inning, like I have faith that this offense is going to score two runs and get us back into the ball game. Like that's, that's yeah. there now. So, uh, but to transition into my question for you uh, so far of everyone that's been called up, that's been young, I guess you can classify them as young. Who has been your favorite? Honestly, it, it's been Nate Eaton, man. Yeah. It's um, you know, everyone loves Vinny P. I, I do as well, but I wasn't I wasn't a huge Nate Eaton believer. Um, yeah. I was thinking, hey, this this guy's gonna be a good bench bat. We'll we'll see him in some stretches, but he'll, he'll probably get sent back down to Omaha. 
I think that he's very much carved out a role for himself with the Royals. Um, the dude has a already has a defensive highlight reel for the entire season, and he's only been in a handful of games. Um, and and his his bats all right too. Yeah. So, I think he's a guy who who has to stay up with the Royals for the rest of the year. Um, and he is su- super exciting, man. And I do have to say, we're talking about energy and all that. He is all business, man. I love business. it. I love it. So, hey, man, look, I've, I've, I wish our listeners could see my face, man, because I've been all smiles this, this podcast. <laughs> it, it has been so good to have you back on, Lucas. I appreciate it. I, I really appreciate it, man. Um, you know, if, if it's not every time, I hope it's, I hope it's more often that we have you back on. I won't ask you to plug your social media. Cause I know you are, you are taking care of things on, on your end. Social media ain't one of them. Yeah. But if you are listening, please listen or please listen, please <laughs> follow the podcast and listen to the podcast. Please follow the podcast on Twitter at Royals rundown pod. Um, always putting out new content there for Twitter specifically, a lot of stats some graphics, things like that. So again, Lucas, thank you very much for coming on, man. For sure, man. I appreciate uh, giving me the opportunity to come back and uh, like, it's, you know, we'll do it. We'll do it more often for sure. Amen. Uh, for, yeah. For the listeners, I've, I've just been going through some stuff. My grandpa passed away and it's uh, it's been tough for me. Uh, but yeah, we're going to make it through it. And then talking to Jacob helps out quite a bit and giving you guys uh, some Royals contents definitely helps. So I uh, appreciate you guys listening. Hey man, we're coming up on our one year anniversary. Can you believe it? I know. I know. That's incredible, man. <laughs> well, we'll talk about it more next time. And Hey, everyone out there listening. Thank you for listening. And until next time, go Royals. <laughs> <laughs>